Welcome to Making Sense of MarTech, an irregular set of conversations with some of the most interesting people in marketing, tech, and advertising. I'm Juan Mendoza. I write the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. It's a weekly email that covers important shifts in marketing technology. People who work in the world's largest media, tech, marketing companies read it. You can read, listen, and subscribe at themartechweekly.com. Okay, today I'm joined by Mike Rizzo. He is the founder of an online community dedicated to marketing operations called MoPros. Mike has a long and really interesting career across marketing technology and growth marketing management. Uh, recently, Mike left his full-time work to oversee the MoPros community full-time. And it's really interesting in that uh, the community he founded was started back in 2017, uh, and he's been working on it for over four years. And so today we talk about the need for independent online communities to support professionals in marketing technology, why Mike founded one to support the industry, the role of mentorship and peer learning in someone's career who's working in tech and marketing, and how education is actually changing in our fast-moving industry. And so now I give you Mike Rizzo. Hey, Juan. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. This is a real pleasure. I'm honored and I've been looking forward to this for a few months. So let's start with an introduction. Let's go right back to 2016, 2017. I'd love to hear about your decision to found MoPros. Um, back then it was, I think it was just a Slack channel, but now it's blossomed in this amazing community of professionals all around the world. And so what was that initial problem that you were looking to solve? Uh, what was that story and, and, and how are you trying to solve it back, back in 2017? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the truth is the problem that I was trying to solve was that I was alone. Mm. I was really, really alone in the role of marketing operations. And when I had problems, you know, whether it be an integration concern or issue around, you know, hey, this technology is not performing the way that I'd expect it to. Um, or I needed ideas on how to improve a process, turning internally to the team members that I was working with usually brought kind of glazed over looks or a distracted kind of stare into the abyss because they don't really <laughs> understand what, what it is that you're saying. And so in 2017, I, um, I was working at Mavenlink. We were starting to decide kind of what channels we were going to use internally for different communication uh, platforms. And, you know, Slack was a new on the scene for us, at least, and, and for a lot of organizations, really. And I realized that you could invite anybody to a different Slack channel uh, if it was open. And so I started it. I said, wrote a blog post about it. I said, hey, anybody who's in marketing operations who wants to talk shop, uh, feel free to request an invite from me, DM me on, on LinkedIn, and um, let's keep talking shop about marketing operations. And as I met people at conferences, uh, I would tell them about it. And then periodically over time, people started asking to join. Um, and so really it was just a way for me to not feel so alone in my role. <laughs> and that, that's fascinating to me, Mike, because, uh, I don't think you're alone in that. A lot of people who are working probably more in that innovative edge, right? Like marketing operations, implementing technology, dealing with a lot of change. That's not necessarily um, apparent to people that there could be community or support in their workplace, particularly working in perhaps for high growth SaaS companies. You know, a lot of people going it alone, trying to figure it out by themselves. 
And so it sounds to me like you, you had a need to have a peer network to help navigate some of the challenges of, of uh, marketing technology, but also, um, of also sort of having that social element as well. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, and it really did touch on all of these elements of both, you know, not being alone in the role, uh, you know, working through some challenges or maybe new ideas that you had and kind of bouncing those off of people. But really what that boils down to is learning, right? Accelerating the path to being educated in the space of marketing, marketing technology and marketing operations at large. And so it all really comes down to this idea that I know we're, we're going to try to get to in a little bit here around you know, learning and, and how to accelerate your growth as a professional, whether you're in marketing or any other industry, you know, how do you do that? And so it really does boil down to accelerating your growth and opportunities there. Yeah. And so I, I guess leading up from a Slack community when you started out back in 2017, now fast forward four years later, and that's quite a bit of time, you know, it's almost half a decade dedicating yourself to a community of marketing tech professionals. Um, <laughs> how have, have you seen this role of marketing operations or marketing operator? Have you seen that evolve over that? period of time um, have you seen the marketing technology industry evolve as well and the reason i ask that is because even going back to four or five years ago marketing operations wasn't really a, a popular role but now it's just exploded there's thousands of jobs out there for marketing ops it seems like every company's looking for it and so what's your view how has that this role changed and how's marketing technology changed over the past four years yeah it's been uh quite a journey and, and a bit of a roller coaster, I would say, or maybe it's just been, you know, a climb on the roller coaster. And now it's all the uh, free fall and we're all kind of having a bunch of fun along the way trying to figure it out. And I think you know, some of us, you know, to go to, to spin up another metaphor, I think a lot of us are building planes as we're falling through the sky, right? And mm. trying to figure out <laughs> how do we stay afloat here, you know, mm. stay in the air. Um, yeah, the industry has been... Uh, just amazing to see it all change. Um, I would say that community at large, like really, you know, some of some of the cornerstone elements of like our community, for example, in MoPros, mm -hmm. is this idea that you know there's some primary technologies that we all tend to interact with, right? Namely, those are things like HubSpot, Pardot, Marketo, Eloqua, and some of the other players out there like Acton and so forth. Um, at the end of the day, you know. Platforms like Marketo and HubSpot and Pardot and Salesforce, for that matter, they all needed these professionals in order to have success, right? And so, like, when you think about selling a tool, like something as complex as a HubSpot or Marketo or Pardot or Eloqua, at the end of the day, they will not, excuse me, will not have success if they don't have practitioners that know how to implement these solutions. Mm. And so they were the rallying cry, you know, Marketo, I think at large led the charge on really speaking to this idea of, of what is a true practitioner of a marketing automation platform look like? What do we call them? How do we address them? And they really spoke loud and clear to this marketing ops professional operationalizing the marketing automation platform. And they needed that without that, purple nation that they had created and without all of those really um, intelligent and deeply technical experts, implementation and success of that Marketo platform may not have been as successful. And so as you fast forward through time, right, and we're three, four years after, you know, I've started this Slack channel and we have all these other 
technologies being created, consolidated to some degree, right? There's been acquisitions at play, obviously. Um, what I've found is that these professionals that were kind of born and bred through these different technology platforms now actually need each other because we sort of reached this tipping point where, hey, I know how to do all of this stuff. I really need my management and my leadership team to understand the value that I bring to the table, but I don't really know how to make that happen, right? I've been deep in the weeds for the last decade, let's call it, trying to figure out how to make this technology work the way that these companies are telling us it's supposed to be able to work. Like we actually have to go implement that thing and make it work the way it's supposed to for the business. And so we've been deep in the weeds of like trying to make this work. And now we're trying to come up a level and say, hey, we get it. We know how this stuff can be really effective and really efficient for a business. But now how do we position that as a professional in this space to our leadership teams? And how do we get the C-suite to understand the value of these types of professionals? And then how do we get more people to break into the market? Because if you can't practice with the tool, how do you even get someone there? What's the process? And so it started with the technology providers needed community in order to have success. And now all of the community members are saying, hey, I know how to make businesses successful with this, but I need the community to rally together so that we can have success as professionals in this industry and start pushing it even further. So it's been this really interesting kind of technology driven need for community back to community needs to keep pushing the industry forward yeah i really like that that push and pull so uh, i agree that the community has a really big impact on how people are upskilled trained made aware of technologies as well so there's a awareness and discovery function i think is part of community but then yeah like if you look at the like the crms the major crms marketing automation platforms all of them build communities around the software. So you've got Trailblazer from Salesforce. You've got the programs from HubSpot and Marketo. And people love that stuff. They thrive on the merch that they get, the certifications, the peer groups that they connect with. And it's become this incredible ecosystem driven by the tech companies. The goal of that is to make the customer successful. And that's what it's driven around is customer success. It's enablement, you know, it leads to all kinds of opportunities. And I agree with you that because marketing operations and, and marketing tech and um, sort of more broadly, it, the, the industry is still so nascent that we don't have things like a university degree or MarTech because it's moving so quickly and it changes so much. If, let's say hypothetically you had a degree and you can learn marketing um, platforms, you know, and, and get a certificate or do a major or something in that, uh, you know, by the time you get into the industry and then you start using your knowledge, it's probably a bit outdated because it's always changing. It's always innovating. You know, even four or five years ago, we didn't have things like CDPs, which is a massive part of, the marketing technology landscape now. And so mm -hmm. I, I really like that this idea that, um, and it seems it's been quite innovative and in that this is actually about a career's worth of learning and working together with a group of peers to help educate, find those new features and continue to upskill and grow throughout your career. And so 
I'm pretty sure, Mike, that some of those big tech companies uh, are thanking you for the community that you've built as well, because <laughs> it's, it's probably led to their growth. It's probably led to their success um, with their customers with that software. Well, we hope so, right? Because it's a it's a self fulfilling kind of uh, flywheel effect at this point, right? You know, you think about HubSpot has their flywheel. I up leveled my career through the HubSpot ecosystem, and. Uh, they talk about the flywheel of growth. And at this point, the flywheel of growth for this industry and marketing operations as a profession is saying, hey, these technology providers, they can't support you the way that you really need to be supported. They can provide as much as they possibly can, whether that's a community to train more people or literal training courses. But at the end of the day, it takes practitioners and it takes marketing ops people and marketing technologists. And so um, yeah, absolutely. Our community is a way to stay agnostic of any one technology provider and try to focus on the practitioners themselves, which of course is helpful to the rest of the marketing technology landscape. So I hope they're appreciative of it. Um, and some of our sponsors appreciate us. And so we want to continue to support on both sides and make sure that at the end of the day, the members of the community are getting value. And if that creates more opportunity, whether that's more implementations of technologies that they're experts in or these technologies being uh, purchased and utilized in different organizations. That's great. Yeah. And, and the value aspect of a community fascinates me as well, Mike, in that it's not like, if you think about community as a product, right? Like if you build a sort of a typical SaaS business, say like a startup, you know, you have to service it, you know, obviously there's a program that you need to build. You continue to optimize it. Um, let's say you run a media business and like myself, right? Publishing newsletters and doing podcasts and all that kind of thing. Even in that factor, you always, you're always pushing work out and you're getting validation from your audience. But a community is so interesting and different in that it actually self-optimizes. So the more people who engage with it, the more people are adding value. Mike, you're just facilitating the, the connections and the, and the nodes in the network, really. And you as people, it. Yeah, and as people, <laughs> yeah, community, as community builds and more, network, and more networking happens, it becomes more valuable. And so it just becomes this exponential growth factor. And I think that's why communities, particularly in our industry, are, are becoming so um, important and so popular is that there's this networking effect where the more people share and connect, the more uh, value is added into that community. And then that just continues to grow a bit of a snowball effect. And, and speaking of snowball effects, I want to talk about this rise of marketing operations. You know, like I mentioned before, it's it, it seemed quite nascent a few years ago. Now it's really important. What do you think have been some significant factors that have led to the growth of this role or the, the precedence of it in companies now, people wanting to hire people in marketing ops, obviously wanting to invest in it, communities starting like yourself as well. What have been, do you think, some contributing factors to that? This is, you know, contributing factors is definitely the right way to think about that. I don't know that I have all the answers to this, but I certainly think it has a lot to do with the original thought leaders, um, you know, looking at the MarTech landscape, for example, and watching that grow um, exponentially year over year, and then getting that information published both in the form of the MarTech landscape and then having Gartner do research on, you know, the marketing operations as a kind of profession and marketing industry as a whole and, and where the C-suite is trying to invest their time. And then the idea that hey, all of this technology is producing data, data that can, you know, when accessed correctly and when connected in the, in the right manner, 
and managed properly can advise the business and help it you know, achieve our goals and ideally help us achieve our goals alongside of our, our customers or our clients, however you choose to refer to them. Um, all of those things are, it, it really comes down to this awareness. Um, there's just a lot more awareness around the need to leverage technology and build it in a way that is value driving both for you and for your clients and customers. And then you have other thought leaders like Dr. Debbie Kagish, who is writing about the, you know, why CMOs are failing and who can save them. And she wrote about this in August um, of, of this year. And this idea is that like CMOs just have a super short tenure and they need to start relying on someone who's deeply technical. And that happens to be somebody who's coming up in this marketing operations kind of background. And I think all of these thought leaders pushing on the C-suite to say, hey, look internally, look for your experts who have been making all these systems work and figure out how to tap into that resource and that knowledge and that skill set and double down, triple down, quadruple down and try to help them help the organization achieve their goals and, and start really frankly creating alignment. Um, and so this idea of how do we align the business through technology, I think is really, really a, a large factor into why you're seeing uh, such a growth in, in the desire for this role. I, I often say in conversations with people that every company is a technology company now. And, um, and you know, like you, you hear about the massive tectonic digital um, transformation projects that cost millions and millions of dollars, you know, and you see a lot of companies transitioning from traditional models of marketing and um, customer experience to, yeah, in, utilizing CRMs more, utilizing their data more, you know, investing more into paid media, into apps. And so there's just this huge wave of um, innovation that's happening in companies. And I, and I kind of agree, right? Like the, the CMO, particularly the CMOs who sort of live in that old world, right? Like the Don Draper world of, you know, okay, we'll just, we'll use a lot of our budget on advertising and, uh, and then push that out. So romantic. Companies. Yeah. I mean, like that's still very valuable. Like I still think incredibly valuable, right? However, I do think that the, um, that technology now has, I think it's sort of blindsided a lot of marketing teams in that, wow, okay, now, okay, a lot of our work means that I'm a technologist and I have to harness this technology in a way that would deliver value to our customers, would drive demand, would increase loyalty and retention, um, you know, all of those things. Now, that's a lot of things to think about. And, uh, and I kind of agree with you when you said that uh, the CMO kind of needs to now think about data a lot more. They have to think about unifying systems and playing that sort of intelligence role and getting a finger on the pulse on what, their, what the, a, a company's customers are actually doing and how, how they're performing. And so, yeah, I think, I think it's absolutely fascinating, you know, and then we have the traditional, um, you know, IT department, which I think is sort of more or less phasing away now where, you know, a lot of marketing teams would have to go and outsource things to the IT department. Like, hey, I need um, a new tag set up or I need X and Y email built, or, you know, all of these different things. But now with the rise of no code, uh, a lot of marketers are taking that technology development in their own hands. And so yeah. I agree that, you know, there's just so much change in here. 
And that's why I think there's this role as the industry matures a little bit around marketing operations, a specific person that is, they wear the technologist's hat and they also wear the marketer's hat as well, you know, and, yeah. um, and wearing a, both hats isn't easy. Yeah, totally. And it's a double-edged sword, right? Like you're, um, it, it's tremendously volatile. Like you can, what you touched on is really like ease of deploying technology, right? So like, IT may not be needed to deploy a tag onto a website anymore because of the ease of implementing a Google tag manager on a WordPress site or a Google tag manager on a HubSpot site, right? It's ease of access to these technologies and the interfaces that make it more straightforward for your kind of everyday practitioner to go in and figure it out. Um, but that doesn't mean that because it's easy, it should be done by everybody. And so, you know, it's still creating a space to educate, to create good process and practice and to know what questions to ask or at a bare minimum to know that you don't know the underlying fundamental elements that maybe need to be known to set something up for efficiently and effectively for scale. And that's really what the CMO's job is nowadays, right? I mean, I, I can't, I guess I can't profess to know what the, the CMO's job is at every organization, but I think it is important for any leader in any organization to always know where your weaknesses are mm -hmm. and what your strengths are as an individual contributor to that leadership role. And it's okay if you're not coming from this operational background to lean on that right-hand person that is someone who understands these technology infrastructures and who can teach you and you can teach them to think more strategically about how to deploy those technologies for the business. I think that's uh, really the direction that we're heading here. It's like, hey, it might be easy to implement these things, but that doesn't mean you just want to give it over to you know anybody. Mm. Um, I actually had uh, David Raab from the CDP Institute on the podcast a few months ago, and he had a really great quote on this. He said that uh, you know everybody's talking about becoming a citizen developer. But mm -hmm. you don't hear about citizen brain surgeons, you know, or citizen <laughs> lawyers. And, right. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's, actually, that's actually quite smart because I, I agree that there is a level of sophistication and training that's needed to properly de uh, deploy software and tech. And marketers, you know, they may be able to launch something small or launch a, a small app on Bubble. However, that's nothing really in comparison of you know, most companies that marketers work in an enterprise, a lot of complexity, a lot of data, a lot of compliance needs as well. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you there that there's, um, there's definitely a need for, <laughs> for technical expertise in business. And I don't think we're there yet with the no code aspect of things. But yeah, it, it's, I think it's just interesting that uh, they're the digital and the marketing role, um, roles merging more together. Like you, you may have heard recently of the marketing agile manifesto that was recently to put together as a community-led effort, you know, and agile, agile as a mindset, as a methodology, it was derived out of software of people trying to build software. And now it's being applied to marketing. And a lot of people are onboarding that, like even a lot of the customers I work with in my full-time job, they are adopting agile mindset. So I just find that really interesting and that we're taking a lot of these digital tech software principles and we're merging them into technology. And it just seems like there's really fascinating space to be working in the moment as a lot of that change is happening. But I do want to pick on one thing, which you've mentioned a couple of times already, is this path to the CMO. And um, in uh, the MoPros podcast, it's called Opscast. I highly recommend it. Check it out. It's awesome. There was recently a discussion about 
the marketing operations person probably being the most viable person to step into the CMO, CMO role into the future. And I just want to get your view on that. Why do you think that is? What's unique about marketing operations that would lead to leadership in marketing? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting notion. I think the path to CMO absolutely can be carved out through this marketing operations kind of practice. Um, I believe it was Vivian that talked about that on our show. And I apologize if I've forgotten, but I believe that was right. And the, I think the thing that's important about that idea is that, well, I think just personally, from my perspective, I was implementing technologies, taking direction from leadership on what it was that we were trying to accomplish in a startup, for example, and connecting systems, right? Laying the foundation for data to be passed from multiple platforms across to one another and standardized. And through all of that, you're really laying a foundation to build, you know, laying the pipe to build a home effectively, right? Um, or planting the seeds to grow your garden. And, and I think it's unique in the role of marketing operations that you get to see the way in which all of these components fit together. And a CMO, kind of going back to what we were saying a moment ago, who maybe doesn't fully understand how technology is meant to fit together or how it can be leveraged and streamlined for efficiencies and scalability, can lean on somebody who does understand the way that those things work. That doesn't mean that the person who understands how all of these things work is necessarily a super fan of business strategy and thinking through all of the go-to-market strategies that are required from a CMO. You know, budgeting, finance, all of the things that go into, you know, understanding your, your total addressable market, right? Your TAM and marketing personas and all the rest of the strategy that comes with the CMO may not be the thing that a marketing operations professional really enjoys. They may really enjoy just the deep, deep tech stuff mm. and that's okay. But the unique perspective that they receive in connecting all of these systems, just kind of touching back on my journey, as I learned about the way in which we wanted to build and scale a marketing department through technology, I said, Hey, I want to take my, chance. I want to take a stab at that. And I want to step into a director of growth role. And so you touched, as you introduced me, you know, you touched on my, my journey through starting MoPros. I did step into different growth, director of growth roles. And that was because I saw the way in which technology could be leveraged and teams could be built around these platforms. And I liked that part. Do I want to be a CMO one day? Maybe not, <laughs> but, but like, you know, the idea is that I enjoy the strategy. I enjoy the business side of, Hey, how do we bring something to market and how do we do that in the most effective and efficient way possible? And I'm approaching that from a very technical uh, side of, of, you know, the marketing engine. Um, other CMOs in the past may not come up through that path. And, and the ones that are coming up in the future, they might come up through a, a different kind of channel but I think the unique opportunities that you just get to see the way those things work. Yeah. The marketing ops professional has a really unique um, role in software procurement as well, which I find fascinating that 
you know, like a lot of companies are onboarding new tech and they're doing requests for information and they're getting proposals from all kinds of tech companies, right? And the marketing ops professional, it feels to me as this really interesting bridge between what are the marketer's requirements? So what's going to help the business grow? What's going to help achieve uh, the goals and objectives of that business from that marketing perspective? But then what is the technologist's requirements as well? And mm-hmm. you know, it's always a good idea to invite your developers to these pitches because they're going to ask the hard questions, <laughs> but Absolutely. it's, but, but, but they'll ask the technical questions like how does it work and what kind of code do we need to write and how does it integrate? But then the marketing professional sort of sits between both of those things. And I, and I do think that the, that juncture is perhaps why the marketing ops professional is a path to CMO, because as we mentioned earlier, CMOs have to sit in that juncture. They have to harness technology, understand the requirements of it and how it works, but they also have to understand what do the marketers really need? What's going to drive business uh, strategy and growth? And so, yeah, I'm interested to get your thoughts on that. Do you think that's right? That marketing ops sits right in that juncture between tech and marketing when it comes to procuring software and using it? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I, Again, just from my own background and example, I went and took a 30-day Ruby on Rails course while I was at Mavenlink. Mm. Um, They didn't ask me to do that necessarily, but I was very interested in the product, how it was being built, and how we were leveraging the product-level data to be able to advise our go-to-market strategies through the tools we were implementing into our tech stack. And, and so I said, how does all this work? I want to learn more about it. And so I went and learned a little bit about the model view controller MVC methodology for, for building out uh, applications with Ruby on Rails. <laughs> that allowed me to have more intelligent conversations with our developers so that when I said, hey, I really need to access this type of information when users are coming into the product, and I turned around and I said something like, is there any way we could, you know, implement that over the next, I don't know, quarter? That wasn't a ludicrous ask anymore, right? Like I may have gone into that saying like, why can't we do this in two weeks? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, the education is important. You absolutely sit at the crux of technology and marketing and business needs in this role, which is why it can be a path to CMO. But I think the other side of the coin is, um, or, you know, the other sides of the departments are, are equally as important. It's something that we're pushing towards really hard in, in the community is this idea of alignment across not just the technology and the technical stuff, but also, you know, how do the rest of the organization, like whether it's sales ops or client success ops, how do we get them to also be in alignment? And so how do I, you know, look through as its marketing operations professional and thinking about what it means to be a really excellent, you know, potentially even certified marketing operations professional, which is what we're working towards here. Mm. You know, how do I view the needs of the business through the lens or at least involve the rest of the organization to make sure we're all kind of rowing in the same direction, right? If you're on a team headed on a, on a rowing race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting how you like the, the marketing ops is very cross-functional. Yeah, you mentioned like this, you're going to integrate with sales, customer service, you got IT, tech, you got digital, you got product. You know, marketing ops sort of sits across those different um, stakeholders, right? To really um, see where they can add value. Um, but yeah, to your point about education, a couple of years ago, I did a course. It was a pretty intensive course on CDPs and understanding how CDPs work. 
And that really accelerated my own career personally, because uh, now I'm able to understand the methodologies and the frameworks that are used for data enrichment and processing and activation. And for me, I was like, wow, now I can actually have a conversation with the developer or an engineer. Uh, I can actually elicit the requirements in a way that's a little bit, a little bit more deeper and, a, and more nuanced than perhaps. Oh, we just need this data point, and so yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. That um, that that education upskilling is so uh, important when it comes to tech and continues to be as technology keeps changing. So I want to switch gears now and talk a little bit more about MoPros as as the community. Now, what one thing that really strikes me when um, I visit MoPros is not that it's got a rich community and there's a lot of great people there interacting every day and, and sharing knowledge, but also there's all these services and products that are just bubbling up from the community platform. So things like jobs boards, there's a mentorship program, there's certifications, there's a chairperson program, there's constant demos from uh, software and product, there's a community fund to help launch new projects. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, Mike. It seems like right now MoPros is exploding with all these amazing services and products for the marketing operations professional. But I want to ask you a question on that. Um, community-led growth is something that's uh, a pretty new concept. You know, you've, we've probably all heard about product-led growth. So, you know, get somebody to sign up for a, a trial for a product and, and really use a product as a core part of your marketing. Uh, but community-led growth is a little bit different in that, you know, these ideas and these services are coming out of people who want to participate and add value to the community. And so do you think that's been a bit of a superpower for MoPros? Um, how has some of these new products been developed? And um, I'd like to get your thoughts. Yeah, I, I mean, superpower, sure, I think so. I think, um, you know, I think it's, it's a little different, right? When you think about community-led growth and applying that into, you know, a SaaS product, for example, versus um, our community. And, and really the community is our product. The product is the community. And it's it's definitely a superpower for us in that it is a snowball. And we don't, I, I don't really throw spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. I like to, you know, have a hypothesis ask some of the contributors in the community, the people who are passionate mm. and say, Hey, does this resonate? <laughs> and we think about it as a product, right? Mm. You do that in product as well. When you're building a feature or a new product overall, you're going to go address your hypothesis with your, who you think your target audience is. Mm. Um, and I of course have the added benefit of having been in the role for a long time. And so I, I have a, a relatively good hunch that certain things are going to resonate, but still at the end of the day, I don't want to implement something that's not actually a worthwhile practice for the community because it all comes down to value. Mm. And so um, these programs are really coming out of, you know, a need for the community and, and they, they feel that, it, that they are valuable. I will say like things like the no bullshit demos that we run um, were suddenly like my brainchild and it was a, just a thing that I was super bothered by, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, yeah. or as you mentioned earlier, we're involved in software procurement and it's kind of painful to have to go and figure out what these tools do and how to implement them and, you know, how long it will take and what kind of team members that need to be involved. And so this was just like, Hey, I think this is maybe going to resonate with some folks. It might not hit with everybody and it might take us a couple of years to really get some traction on it, but 
man, just for myself, I'd like to do it. <laughs> and, and the nice thing is, is that I was on with one of the community members recently asking about, hey, you know, again, doing some community research, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? And where can we go next? And organically, what came out of that conversation was one of the things I really like is your no bullshit demos. Those things are great. They cut me down. They save me so much time. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> and so that was one that I took a kind of a stab in the dark at. But um, we are seeing positive responses from the community and, and ultimately community led growth for me. And for other startups, I think it's just building alongside your community, right? So if you're in a SaaS business and you're looking to try to understand which parts of the product really resonate from you, this role absolutely falls on your, your product managers and your product team to understand, you know, whether or not they're building features that work the way that, that their users expect them to. But when you're thinking about the difference between the way that users expect them to versus the thing that they need them to do, the job to be done, as uh, I learned from from our head of product at Mavenlink, and you know through some really great reading, um, that's where community led fits, right? So, what is the job to be done? How do we service you as our community members? In my case, as our customers, maybe in other businesses' case, and and then how do we build a product that you're really truly feeling adds value to, to you as a professional or you as a, a business owner. Mm. Yeah. It's, I think that's just fascinating. And I do think that MoPros has a superpower because if you look at any other tech startup, they have to go and find those people to validate the ideas with. So they're either running panels or they're using marketing dollars, ad spend to try and validate their product. Whereas mm -hmm. you've got a, you've literally got a captive product. <laughs> In MoPros, where people are literally giving you feedback loop. It's almost as though they are part of the product strategy and development process. And that to me is fascinating because it's just a, an awesome virtuous cycle of, hey, we've got this community, they're adding value to each other, and then we're learning from them. So we develop products to support them. So then we validate it with that community. And then they're going to give feedback because they're invested into the community. And then you just have this amazing ability to rapidly iterate on prototypes, see what works, see what doesn't work with the community you're trying to solve for as well. It's, it's fascinating because even this podcast, the Making Sense of MarTech podcast, it came out of that same principle that, oh, uh, I'm having a lot of people reach out to me from when I'm writing my newsletter every week, re reaching out and saying, hey, can you go deeper into this topic? And I thought to myself, well, why don't I just get on a phone and talk to the person who wrote it? Um, right. so I, so I even, I featured, um, your piece of one, one of the podcasts on that path to CMO. And that was really popular with the Martech weekly community. So to me, that's kind of validation. Oh, let's get Mike from MoPros on the, on a, on a call and have a conversation and add more value to the community and the audience as part of the newsletter. And that's a virtual cycle. So the more I yeah. do that, the more, the more feedback I get, the more learnings I get, and then you just continue to build from there. And so that's why I just think this whole community space is so fascinating because it's partnering with your customer to build stuff that makes a lot of sense and creates a lot of value. Yep. Yep. It absolutely does. And it is, it is very unique in, in different, you know, organizations like ours, whether you're kind of, you kind of think of yourself as a media brand that's, that's writing for an audience. We think of ourselves as a community, you know, that's trying to create products that resonate with the community. It is absolutely self-fulfilling, but at the end of the day, you know, none of this happens without 
the community members actually stepping in and feeling that this thing needs to exist. Um, I absolutely get to just be pointed in a direction <laughs> and, and say, okay, let me, let me see what we can do with this. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a very special place to be. And I'm uh, absolutely in love with it every single day. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about when you found that moment to go all in with MoPros, because uh, recently, a few months ago, you went full-time up to that point, it was a side hustle and, you know, not many people out there are spending four years building a side hustle in this industry. And then going full time must have been a pretty big leap. And I'd love to understand, I guess, when did you know that was a time to go all in? Was it things that we're hearing from the community or, you know, was a sort of a tipping point in the industry? Uh, what were your thoughts there around um, jumping into a full-time role with MoPros and, and really leading it all guns blazing? This is hard for me to answer. I don't know that there was any one thing that, that indicated it was time to make the leap necessarily. Um, I've been fortunate to have built a lot of relationships as the community started to really take off. And truthfully, the growth happened most in the last two years or so. When we opened up and automated the, the kind of join, you know, the join Slack process, we were growing at a, an average of 120 new members a month at that time. And, you know, unincentivized, right? This is all word of mouth. And through that process, more and more leaders stepped in and said, I would like to be a part of this. How can I help? Uh, I had people knocking on my door saying, how can I be a, you know, a volunteer in some way? I had technology vendors and agency owners reaching out and saying, hey, how can we support you? Because we think what you're working on is really important. And so through all of that, it was um, each of those little signals and the mentors that I had alongside me, um, you know, CEO of Stack Moxie, I have directors of product marketing who work for nonprofits that are advising me. And I have community members that are advising me and helping me understand what we can do to to create a, a strong community and a, and a good environment here. That to me was, you know, all of those things kind of coupled together and the momentum of everybody saying that this was the right thing to be thinking about. And they were, you know, going out of their way to write me emails, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning, I'm getting emails from people all around the world that are saying, Hey, I was on the edge of my seat, Mike, when I found MoPros and I found a place that I could belong. Amazing. And I have this email saved, you can imagine. And it's just, it's moments like that, that I went, you know, I really feel like it's the time is now to be thinking about this. I will also say that there were, you know, a handful of folks out there, uh, organization or otherwise, right. That were like, Hey, would you ever be interested in selling the community to me? <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. And, you know, the, the, of course the natural question is like, why, why not? And at the end of the day, it comes down to, this is a community of practice. It's for the individuals themselves. And we are trying to build a, a space that is agnostic from, uh, you know, any, any one business model, it's all about the community itself. And so mm. I can't say that that won't happen down the line, right. At some point, but for the foreseeable future, you know, some of those signals were a clear indication that like, Hey, it's time for me to spend time working on something that this community really wants. 
Hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. Hey, so it, it seems as though like the the demand and the growth was just it was just culminating over time, and you're getting a lot of different perspectives. People wanting to buy the community, <laughs> people who are <laughs> so they are finding it all over the world. They're like, wow, I actually found something that really solves some need for me. And yeah, it seems like you're at a really great point now, where it's where you're thinking about how do we continue to grow this community. It seems like you've definitely got. Product market fit, I guess you'd say. Community market fit. Would you community call, market like fit. Community market fit, maybe, yeah. You, you heard go. it here first. You heard it here first. Yeah, there you go. The Making Sense of Martech podcast. There you go. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that story is fantastic. And uh, I'm just seeing more and more people step up in our industry and really lead in this way and finding those needs, really solving them. And as you mentioned, in a way that's agnostic, because one thing that, um, because obviously I'm writing about tech and marketing all week, every week. Um, and one thing I do find is that so much education comes from tech companies. So much of the knowledge and um, the work that's being done in the industry is actually driven by tech because they're motivated to um, obviously sell software. But with that comes an attachment and incentive that obviously is you know for their benefit and so i definitely think we need more more communities more organizations that are supporting this industry that don't have a direct affiliation or they're not trying to sell a particular software product and so i really love um what you're doing there with the community it's i think it's fantastic and definitely needed um and so i've got a few bonus questions um and uh, these are just questions that come up um, as I've been reading and learning more about MoPros. But one thing I wanted to talk about was the, the aspect of community and how ubiquitous it has become over the past few years. It just seems like there's new, new communities springing up everywhere, but it's really hard to build one. How do you actually start a community and get people talking? <laughs> you know, like that, <laughs> even just that factor alone is pretty hard. And, you know, like marketing ops, people are putting out fires all the time. They're busy you know, and they're working probably 10 hours a day most of the time. And they're very, very busy people. And so how did, how, what were some principles or some ways that you actually went about um, stimulating some of that engagement and connection and networking and, and community? That's a, it's a really good question. Uh, yes. Community building is very difficult and it's not, you know, I, I've been fortunate that I should say we as a community, like each of the members of this community have been fortunate that they're also passionate about the role that they have. And there is just a place, um, you know, I can't, I can't shy away from right place, right time type of uh, thinking. I do think that there was an industry shift. I can't say that I had any foresight into it coming or anything like that. I just happened to have started a community a while back. You certainly wouldn't have called it a community in, in 2017 on Slack, but um, as the desire for, you know, how do I connect and learn from people and accelerate my growth in this profession started to increase, we were there. And, and I think one of the, you know, I don't know that there's any secret sauce to growing community activity or involvement um, outside of kind of going back to that, that commentary or that discussion around community led, which is really just create value, lean in and create value and try to understand what it is that your community feels is valuable. Um, otherwise it's all for not, right? This is not supposed to be a self-serving, you know, sales model for a, a software product or what have you. Uh, and so if you figure out what the kind of MVP is of your community value and then 
double down on that and keep growing from there. I think that is uh, how you grow communities, but figuring out who wants to be involved, uh, you, you won't know unless you ask, right? That's something I've learned a lot from our community. Um, Michael Tucker, who is a Marketo champion and just tremendous, tremendous community builder in and of his own right has, you know, started different communities just in his own personal life. He's been an advisor to me as well as a community chairperson representing the Marketo corner of the MoPros community. And he says, Hey, you won't know unless you ask. And so, you know, he's leaned on me to say, Hey, let's ask the community, see if anybody else wants to get involved. And Mm -hmm. we found ambassadors and champions and other, you know, kind of owners of different programs who want to step in because yeah, they're equally as passionate about it as I was. Um, but you know, sometimes people need a little nudge or just a request. And I think, you know, if there's one takeaway for the audience, it's thinking about building community or maybe two, it's figure out what's valuable and then ask who wants to be involved and give them like, after they say yes, give them the opportunity to take credit for that work, right? Put them on a pedestal because for a long, 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 long time. In fact, even today, uh, I may be the founder of MoPros, but I really like putting everybody else out there. That's mm. what this community is all about. It's not about me. It's about everybody. Mm. Uh, in fact, I think there's a section on our website that says it's not about us. It's about everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the yeah. about us section of the website, right? But, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, it's just fascinating because community, so there's a, there's a really interesting maybe like a baseline of like practical help. So I'm, I'm assuming that there's a lot of people who would ask for, Hey, does anybody know how to do this? Or does anybody know any sort of documentation for this or that, or whatever tech I'm using, you know, or process or, you know, the questions around the role, right. Um, and getting your support. But then there's also this enabling leaders in the community. So say somebody has an idea going, Hey, yeah, we'll support that. Or we'll, we'll see if we can build it or perhaps nudging people to say, Hey, I think you'd be really good at doing this particular thing in the community. And uh, I just think that that's fascinating because yeah, it, it creates this really positive environment of ownership. It gives people an opportunity to lead something outside of their job as well. And everybody's talking about personal branding and thought leadership and all this stuff. And a lot of the time it's really just serving a community. You know, it's really just coming, it's turning up and, and building something that may actually serve um, others as well. And so I think that's absolutely fascinating. I recently had somebody reach out and say, Hey, I want to learn more about marketing tech. Would you be interested in doing a research project? And I said, yeah, let's do a research project on blockchain and how it's changing the industry. And so we started that project together and that person just came out of that community. And I just think that's absolutely fascinating that when you have these, these people that are getting involved, you you get an opportunity to help them um, lead and grow and add more value. And they, and then it's great for them. It's great for you. It's great for the community. So there's no downside to anybody. Everybody wins. And that's what I love about it. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited about the next phase of where we're going to. And it's, it's all about the community and it's all about the community members. And um, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's definitely spot on, right? It's about making sure that everybody else has a chance to showcase their skills Um so I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I guess I want to let end on one question, uh, which is a little bit more contentious, but um, I think it is quite important to talk about 
And it's this topic of the role of your employer or the company you work for in training and building your career. Now, I talk about this a little bit um, across social media and through the newsletter of this idea that because our industry is moving so fast and there's so much happening and there's so much innovation, a lot of the training for people who working who are working in marketing tech is actually really aligned to the employer's goals. And what I do find really uh, is interesting about MoPros is that it's actually helping people grow um, in ways they perhaps would never be able to in an employer. So I would like to get your view on that. What, what do you think is the role of peer learning? How much should people rely on their employer to really train, train them up in this space of MarTech and marketing operations? Yeah, I think you're... You're right about this idea that, you know, a lot of the organizations want you to be trained in order to potentially, you know, fulfill on a need within, within the organization, whether that's making sure you're, you know, project management professional, like PMP certified, et cetera, and that um, you can fulfill on executing the business in the right way. Like those are things that benefit the business for sure. I'm sure there's plenty of other examples, um, but it largely like it's difficult to think of how do I improve my skills in a particular practice area when, again, going back to this idea of why the community was started to begin with, I'm the only one. <laughs> if my leader, right, uh, if my leader doesn't know what it means to do marketing operations or revenue operations or whatever it is, how am I going to learn more about this? That isn't to say that the programs that these employers deploy for you to take advantage of learning and education budget um, can't be deployed to go sign up for these different communities, but it is on you to go do a bit of self-discovery, right? As someone who is eager to try and learn something or advance their career, it's not for everybody. Hey, a lot of people do just want to go to work, do a great job you know, maybe be really skilled in this particular technical practice area and then go home to their family and not push any harder. Like that's mm -hmm. fine too, right? That's a happy life. Uh, <laughs> but some people like really want to push even harder all the time. And, and, and then there's people that fall right in the middle, right? And like, I want to learn a little bit. At the end of the day, it's still up to you to decide where you want to push yourself and how to leverage the programs that your company is deploying. And if they ideally are giving you budget to spend that's not categorically predetermined for a particular type of education and you can go uh, use that in a way that's meaningful to you, then, you know, <laughs> shameless plug, buy a membership to MoPros or buy a membership to any one of the other communities that are professional organizations out there mm -hmm. and then get involved. Ask, ask, you know, don't be afraid to ask. Going back to what I said a moment ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and ask the community members and they'll help you. And that that's what I, I think is really key here is that you can spend a thousand dollars and buy an online course for two weeks and you learn some great stuff. Fantastic. However, what about spending a thousand dollars on a community and you learn for a year and mm -hmm. all of the questions that you have, all the um, areas you want to discover, you can actually find and connect people that can mentor you, can help you grow. To me, that is incredibly valuable. Um, probably more valuable in some cases than buying a course um, or a short course or things like that, right? And a lot of people do that with their training budgets. Like I just bought a, a, a training course um, on product strategy and I'm like, okay, that's great. But 
there's this emergence of, I think the community aspect here is, yeah, like I would spend a thousand dollars on a community of product leaders, accessing them, talking with them, learning from them, doing showcases and demos and all those kinds of things. That is that constant virtuous cycle of learning. And I think that's a life of learning. I think um, almost all of us are in right now with this within the industry because it's so innovative, it's changing all the time and there's just always things to learn. And so, you know, if you're in this industry, you have to love learning. And I think mm-hmm. MoPros is a great place to do that. It's a great place to learn and explore and um, and really stay ahead of what's happening in the industry as well. So, so yeah, it's been a wonderful to have you on the Making Sense of MarTech podcast, Mike. Thank you for joining. Uh, I'd like to throw to you where can we find you on the internet uh, i am very consistently a stickler for data standardization here uh, you know marketing ops guy right so very consistently mike d as in david rizzo so m-i-k-e-d-r-i-z-z-o uh, that's on twitter that's on linkedin um, so you can pretty much use that slug and find me <laughs> awesome well thank you for joining yeah, thank you for having me, Juan. This has been uh, really a lot of fun, and I hope your listeners enjoy it. And uh, of course, uh, love to be back anytime if you want to go deeper on anything else. <laughs>